This is Cole. Learn how to tell stories in logic. My God. <laughs> You're so, this is so hard. And this is Ron. Yes. I hate your guts. Oh, that's a lie. That's a lie right there. Oh, desperation is a stinky cologne. We are the creative team. Oh, my God. I quit. Well, it's the big hole. Did you really just book that? <laughs> Michael Jordan and The Undertaker. Uh, in your face. One of them has 30 years, and the other one is just Michael Jordan. Woo! Welcome back to another exciting episode of... Oh! The Creative Team. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another exciting episode of... The Creative Team. I am your host, Cole Dawson. Da, da, da. I am your host, Cole Dawson, and with me, as always, my hashtag team partner, Ron Kilborn. Ronald, how the heck are you, bud? Well, it's a pleasure to talk to you, Mr. Dawson. Um, Thanks. It's making the show, isn't it? It, it, it <laughs> just might forever. I even did a second take so that you could edit it out, but then you throw in the list. So, whatever. Oh, yes, well. yes. Editing out the second take. Perfect. So. Um, <laughs> My goodness, speaking of editing, uh, the wrestling business has been editing and editing and editing, and uh, the whole industry is just flying by the seat of their pants, and I mean, before we get into it, you know, uh, I just, I, I felt like I just turned my back for a week, uh, I, I took a trip to New Orleans, Louisiana, and I came back, and the whole wrestling business is on fire, and, and, and not in a good way, in, in, in a... The meme of the dog sitting in a room on fire. This is fine. Yes. That that's the on fire I'm talking about. Uh, yeah, yeah. Because uh, there's just been a slew of injuries. I mean, Randy Orton had been out for a little bit, but then CM Punk wins the title and then does something to his foot. It requires surgery. He's out. Cody like becomes the first over babyface in WWF since well WWE since Brian Danielson maybe like that's actually over tears his pet clean off the bone but I will give it up to him for going through that match delivering a hell of an, a performance and cementing the fact that when he comes back he is the top babyface maybe in all of professional wrestling right now um so good on him but uh there's some Weird news, too. Um, WWE executives are kind of in hot water right now. A couple of them. I mean, first, it's uh, Kevin Dunn, who nobody likes. Not one person I've ever heard say anything good about this prick ever. Um, but he may be going to prison for insider trading, which uh, would be nice because he's one of the main uh, influences at WWF, WWE, that's like, we're not wrestling. We're entertainment. So if that fuck can go away, that'd be great. Um, but the maybe former chairman of the board, Vince McMahon, in some hot water. Um, apparently, he had been carrying on an adulterous type relationship with uh, a former employee. And when thing they split. There was NDAs, and it sounds like a $3 million payment went out, and not of his own funds, of company funds, so he may be in some trouble. So as of this moment, Stephanie McMahon is your current CEO of WWE. Um, so, what the fuck, Ron? <laughs> uh, yeah, this is some House of Cards, Game of Thrones shit, and like this is like way better storytelling than what they put on TV. Like, this is... this. 
like we're all focused on what's happening behind the scenes and this is like probably the biggest craziest thing ever but the it begs the question this is just what's resurfaced how many times do you think he's done this or this has happened well there are rumors they're looking into other females that have parted ways with the companies that ended up signing ndas so this could be one of those tip of the iceberg things um where this could get worse for vince um i i've heard a rumor that you know there's an internal company investigation that vince is involved with so if vince is the one investigating himself this may be much ado about nothing and in a couple months he'll just be back as the ceo and nothing's gonna happen but he's staying on as head of creative it's not like he's going away or the he he's not leaving the company in any way he's just pretending he's not the ceo for a few minutes so i guess we're gonna have to see how long it is you know how much more comes out because if there's a lot more um he might be the next person that's just canceled and you know it, it'll either you know the board or the shareholders will will either force a sale of the company or he might have to permanently step down which just leads to a whole slew of other questions i know we set out today to uh our goal for the day the the subject at hand uh is uh forbidden door um but what we would like to see as fans and what we would book if we did but at the same time right now we could like do hey vince mcmahon's gone someone else has taken over wwe it's the creative team. What's going to happen? There's all kinds of things we could do today. <laughs> yeah, take it up with creative, the wrestling business. <laughs> yes. What's next? <laughs> like, I, I have no idea. Like, this is so out of nowhere and so random. Like, you would think that cancel culture, I mean, this, this I can't really, and I'm not using that in a uh, derogatory way. It's just, you know. A lot yeah, of things. just it's a it's a common term now. Yeah. Everyone knows what I'm, we're talking about. I'm not we're saying not. I'm not using that term as a as a sneer remark. I'm just saying, like, you know, I was always wondering when some past shit was gonna catch up with Vince. Uh because you know it's taken place. Like there uh, you know, you can use the whole different time, you know, excuse if you want to, but there's gotta be some shit under the rug from the eighties that we're not ever going to know about. Well, I think we're all pretty well, it's pretty well known that Vince did cocaine in the 80s. I think that's pretty well accepted knowledge that that was a thing that happened. And he used to party with the boys quite a bit in the 80s. There's lots of accounts of Vince, like, taking the doomsday device at a at a bar, you know? <laughs> so, I'm sure there's a lot more wild stories about Vince. Um, I would beg to say that any... <sighs> just about any male in this country that's achieved a level of fame and fortune probably has some let's say you know indiscretions in their life or some questionable choices uh with sexual partners so um you know that's not it's not shocking to think that a multi-billionaire dude that's jacked to the gills that has a bit of an ego let's be honest uh has been maybe slightly has stepped out of his marriage from time to time so yeah i think he could be slightly inappropriate i mean we watched his product in the 90s <laughs> yeah correct yeah oh. making out with trish stratus and all yeah doing all that 
inflict it, you know stuff with his employees, you know. But it, as a character on TV, but yeah, fantastic, fantastic character on TV. But I just had no idea that even he is himself turned up to ten. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, uh, see, I don't even say this as a negative thing because there, there's a flip side to any conversation because I don't want to go down that you know political rabbit hole necessarily, but. Uh, for, for every guy that's, let's say, accused of abusing their power, there's probably just as many women who more made it themselves more than available to try to climb the ladder. So this is not like, I don't want to just say this isn't necessarily just a man problem. This is just a human problem. When there's power and money involved, uh, people make poor choices. And so... We'll just see, you know, how much gets uncovered here and where the story goes from here. Uh, but it would be an interesting exercise to think maybe Stephanie McMahon does take over permanently. And uh, what's the fallout from that? Does Triple H get put back in head of creative? Does Sean get put in as head of creative? Do, does Bruce and uh, Johnny Ace get to keep their job? Uh, because the, right now what it looks like it's setting up is for Johnny Ace to be the fall guy in this whole thing. There's lots of rumors about the you know the the mistress just kind of being passed down to Johnny Ace and uh this this could get ugly it could be interesting um but my my prediction is when it's all said and done Vince McMahon stays the, no no one no one's getting fired no one's getting you know nothing's really going to change until Vince decides he wants to sell the company yeah i hope this is a big misunderstanding and uh you know if if shit does go south and vince you know has to step away permanently he's gonna have plenty of time to do coke again in his 80s so um <laughs> and that's gonna well, be a sight to see i, I, I want to see vince mcmahon just have the total charlie sheen meltdown just like I, I... <laughs> winning <laughs> tiger blood <laughs> ah. i i think what's important here is that for the most part i haven't heard anything alleging any kind of actual you know sexual abuse or misconduct or anything along those lines this this the, from everything i've read thus far it seems to be that everything was consensual but then maybe things went you know awry towards the end of the re, of you know the relationship and there was uh unfortunate you know this is why you're not supposed to uh have sex with your co-workers i mean like yeah yeah don't, don't don't have sex with your co-workers because when it's all said and done it's gonna be awkward for someone in the end and especially if you're the boss don't fuck your employees like just i'm sorry just don't do it and the identity of said affairer or a fairy that hasn't been released yet has it I have not seen anyone specific, but I do believe it was a female that worked in the office and not like a wrestler or something along those lines. Do we have any proof of Amber Heard ever worked for WWE? <laughs> because that we could just put this shit to bed immediately. Yes, yes. Yeah, put the, the shit, put, shit to bed. Put this shit to bed. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Oh, man. God, where do you go from here? Yeah, like, you know, it just... Raw is gonna happen still. I can't. I, I can't wait to. I, oh yeah. You know it's funny because I feel like I feel like this is all Jim Cornette's fault because last week he had a subpar and it. Well, I I didn't think it was subpar, but it was a show about nothing on his podcast. And he which was talking, I yeah I enjoyed every minute of it. It was, it was fantastic. Hysterical. But he said you know you know maybe next week the wrestling world will have something for us. I said boy, <laughs> boy, everything upon everything happened, and not only on 
this side of the fence with uh, WWE, but you know, Jeff Hardy again. Yeah. What? And in in a Jacksonville in a Jacksonville jersey no less. Yeah. <laughs> uh gets That's pulled. that was my <laughs> that was my favorite part of that little the whole thing is just like <laughs> Jeff Hardy gets pulled over DUI. How can we make this worse for Tony Tony Khan? Oh, he's wearing Jacksonville Jaguars apparel. <laughs> and this was like I watched I watched the sobriety video, unfortunately, just because out of morbid morbid curiosity. And my goodness, yeah. man, who for one, who's that drunk that early? And two, why are you I, driving? I, I'd venture to guess that he was just still drunk and finally going home from the night before at that point. Like, but yeah, three times the legal limit is just, I, I don't know, man. I just, I looking back at what happened to WWE now, I, maybe that's less questionable. I mean, I, I, I've heard through the grapevine that the wrestlers have figured out a drug they can take that they're the tests don't catch. So I just I, I when it comes down to it I I'm not a big Jeff Hardy fan but I hope he gets whatever help he needs and gets serious about his sobriety because I've been listening to the William Regal podcast and he's talked a lot about how just he didn't he doesn't remember 1997 like it's not like he just he doesn't remember it existing there's because he was so just drugged out the whole year that he just doesn't have recollections of 1997, but he's been clean for 14 years or 15, 16 years now for a very long time. So yeah, I hope, I hope um, that Jeff Hardy is going to take this opportunity to, to, to finally, you know, move on from his battle with his demons. Yeah, that would be, that would be nice because at this point, you know, people kind of make fun of this in the news the first few times and like they go, ha ha, the TNA moment, but now it's getting kind of like, you know, Jeff Hardy was like a daredevil. Even if you're not a fan, you would kind of like go, oh, I can't wait to see what the crazy shit he's going to do now. Now we don't even want to see that. We're, we're so worried for him. Like I, I just had like a cringe face on, on me the whole time while, uh, while I was at Double or Nothing. Everything just looked like it hurt him just breathing. So it's like you need to walk away and just get yourself better because now we're now we're worried about the human and not the performer. Yes. But it's, my goodness, yeah. and, and you know, and tying into you know the original problems and really what sparked the, you know interest in creating this episode today, you know, all the injuries and all the, you know, we the Forbidden Door pay per view was like the talk of the town when it was first announced, and you know between Punk going down. And then uh, Joe uh, being out of commission. Uh, you got uh, Brian Danielson. Is he hurt or is he any, isn't he hurt? Where you know the I, time I think will tell. he's only out for a couple weeks. Okay, so he might he might come back just in time. Yeah, what happened with Joe? Uh, I'm just hearing that uh, that that match at Double or Nothing got cut short because of something that's going on with him. Uh, and he's got a hell of a track history. So hopefully it's just minor and he's taking a break until he comes back. But he hasn't been on TV since. And uh, I'm getting kind of worried. Oh, so what's up with Danielson? Daniel oh my God! Yeah, Danielson. Apparently, he got a little hurt in the in the you know the the non football fuckery match at Double or Nothing. So all these guys are just kind of like 
up in the air, and I feel like Tony Khan is panicking and just putting these guys on a temporary shelf. Get as healthy as you can, because my God, this show is coming up. Uh, yeah. And uh, it's just, yeah. And, well, and, I mean, to be fair, AEW, it's not it's not weird for people to be off TV for three or four weeks at a time at AEW. I mean, you know, when you're trying to set up for a big pay-per-view, you would think these guys that are going to be on that show at some point would be on your on your TV to maybe build up for the pay-per-view. But, yeah, I, I just, oh. Yeah, and oh. lots and lots of scrambled eggs happening. And it's happening on the other side of the Forbidden Door coin, too. New Japan, you know, everything's just so up in the air and getting convoluted, and they're making random tournaments to decide who's going to where, and it's all last minute. And my goodness, this show is coming up this weekend. We have one, two, three, four, five, six matches and one rumored tease match that hasn't been announced yet that everyone's hoping and clamoring for. Okay, and- so if we're going to get into this, why don't you go ahead and uh, we will we will move on from rumors and news and, and notes. And uh, what is announced so far for Forbidden Door? As we're sitting now, what's announced for Forbidden Door that interim AEW World Championship match is going to be John Moxley versus Hiroshi Tanahashi, which I am excited for. I am excited for this. I really wanted it to be Punk, but uh, you know, John Moxley does really well with the Jap- the Japanese guys, and uh, um, not my ideal main event, but it is the match that I'm looking forward to the most out of all of this, and we will get there. Uh, IWGP World Heavyweight Championship, the newly crowned champion Jay White. Oh, you're still booing Jay White, huh? Well, I'm. I'm. Uh, if my options were Okada or Jay White going into this pay per view, yes, I'm booing Jay White. Yes, I, I'm. I now I will say in my card, Jay White made my card, so I'm good with that. Like, okay, I'm, I'm okay with Jay White being on the card. He would have made my card, but I need well, to do uh, a little more research. But I, I'm. I'm. I'm afraid that this whole thing happened because something may be going on with Okada. Uh, so. We'll have to get there. Well, I mean, he put he did the match and put Jay White over. And maybe he just doesn't want to come to America. That could be. or Maybe. A, a, yeah, but I don't care. I'm going to pretend that he's coming for my pay-per-view. But anyway. Nice. <laughs> yes. And so it's uh, right now it's TBA. It sounds like it's going to be either Adam Cole or Adam Page uh, versus Jay White for that title. Okay. Uh, now, this is something that could either be absolutely fantastic or just my attitude just at the sight of it what the fuck but we got iwgp united states championship will osprey versus orange cassidy really yes and then the aew women's world championship thunder rosa versus tony storm okay and then aew all atlantic championship and now this is this is going to be weird. Uh, it's a fatal four way is uh, is where everyone's leading to. And right now, who's in the match now is Pac and Miro, and they're going to be going up against the winner between Malachi Black and Penta Obscuro versus the winner of the New Japan tournament that they're having currently. Um, so and though that list of people, I did have it in front of me, but one of them is Tomohiro Ishii, and uh, we'll get to my card (laughs) with that name shortly. But uh, I will have to go back and look at the list of characters in the New Japan tournament for that last spot. And then this one, 
This one it was just kind of thrown together this week on Dynamite. We had well last week on Dynamite. We have Chris Jericho and the newly reformed in the Jericho stable Sammy Guevara and Minoru Suzuki versus Eddie Kingston, Wheeler Utah, and Shota Umino. I think I pronounced that right. Uh, and then so the... Sammy is back with Jericho now. Yes, because the the well has run dry between him and Scorpio. So now, uh, since they're since Sammy and Ty are like the most over real heels right now because of interwebs. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Jericho you. wants him back. So, <laughs> and then the big rumored match that I hope is going to happen because it's going to steal the show. Right now, the big internet rumored match, and both parties are are teasing it. It's Brian Danielson versus Zack Saber Jr. Yes, that would be my. That's like my third choice for Brian Danielson, but that's that's a good one. I would take it. That's uh, of all the people there. Yes, that that's well, maybe my fourth because Danielson versus Eugene Nagata would be incredible, and I don't have that on my card, so I'm just gonna. I, I just I'll just drop it now. <laughs> that would be great. So, yes. So that is okay. the card as it is now. We have six confirmed matches and one pending dream match that will save this card. Well, I have both of those guys on my on my dream card, so uh, I'm I'm good with it. If 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 both of them make it on this card somehow, I'm good to go. I'll be okay. That'll be enough for me to be in on this pay per view. Um, the stuff you just listed, maybe not so much, but at the same time, Kingston versus what's his face. Minoru? Like you, yeah, so, yeah. I seeing that again, I, I'd be good. That'd be fun, even for a minute. Um, I do like the idea of Miro, um, being back on the card. And since you said Joe might be injured, I'm gonna put Miro in Joe's place on my magical card because we'll just pretend that these injuries are real and they exist, and so we got to deal with it. Oh, so you're actually going with what's on the table and what could happen. I am going with what's on the table. I, I thought about, like, swerving you and saying, oh, we're just going to do a full open door, they just fully forbidden door. Every wrestler in the whole wide world is available because Vince fine just said we need to do some good PR work, and so we're jumping it on this bandwagon. But it's, I'm going to just go with AEW and uh, New Japan the best we could possibly do. And... um. If if what if my card happened, I think it would be uh gigantic. So Well, I mean you're you're certainly uh you're certainly teasing us very much so, so I cannot wait. Let's hear what you got. Okay, so uh I could not whittle this down any more than what I have. So I have a twelve match wrestling card is good, what I have. Good God. <laughs> it's this, gonna be five hours. This is an AEW show. <laughs> yeah. This is, is gonna be a WrestleMania marathon show. Uh but I have two matches for my pre show, okay? Because I gotta set the tone right. So I'm gonna open up my pre show right off the bat, giving the fans what they want. The first music they're gonna hear of the night will be hooks music because you gotta have hook. And so we're going with Hookhausen taking on the reformed Kai and Tai Dick to go and Takamishinoku. My goodness, I love Free it. Show baby, because that sounds super fun. And staying in that fun vein, I wasn't aware that or Orange Cassidy has made his return to active action. So I went with Yano versus Colt Cabana. Yes, yes, baby. 
This pre-show is going to set a tone. Set a tone, and it's going to be fantastic. So, um, then I'm going to start my pay-per-view, and I'm going to open up my show with Jeff Cobb versus Miro. Yeah. Yeah, we're just going to open up hard-hitting right from the get-go. We had fun on the pre-show, which I've noticed New Japan does that quite a bit. They have a little bit of fun. That's where they on the pre-show they'll put the legends matches on there or the comedy wrestlers. Um, you know, the Yano is a lot of the is opening the show quite frequently in New Japan. Uh, get the crowd going with some fun, and then we'll get a little bit serious. Um, and then so after Cobb and Miro, I'm gonna go with the Young Bucks, the newly crowned champions. If I'm correct, <laughs> I think I'm yes. correct. Yes, yeah, you are. I heard I did not get a chance to watch this Wednesday, but I did hear that. Uh, taking on Rapongi Vice because I got to get Rocky Romero on this card because he's one of the best professional wrestlers in the world. I'm also going to pretend that this whole MJF bullshit isn't happening right when I'm about to have this gigantic pay-per-view uh, where it's forbidden door. But I think that this is a great spot for MJF. I, I Maybe not popular decision to uh, use this gentleman lower on the card and to get somebody else over, but I'm having MJF versus Tanahashi. Ooh. I think it's great. I think MJF cutting down the old vet um, is just great promos. You know, I also wouldn't have waited till two weeks before this thing to start building it up. I would have started eight weeks ago or like the second I announced it. Um, but yes, so... Second tag match on the card, FTR versus the Tongas. Tongaloa and Tama Tonga. I think that would be fantastic. It would be fun. Uh, they've kind of been carrying the torch for the tag team division in New Japan for the last, I don't know, seven or eight years, really. They've been a, a, a big fixture in that. And, and so since FTR is trying to prove they're the greatest tag team in the world, you take on one of the world's greatest tag teams, or at least one of the, world, the world's biggest tag teams in name value then i don't care this is gonna happen ishii versus eddie kingston one-on-one -on -one, middle of the ring just beat the ever-loving shit out of each other it will be great this is a super card by the way this is just like there's no like down match from here on out jay lethal versus tatsuya naito Ooh, okay. yes please <laughs> and my other, this was the first match that I thought of for Zack Sabre Jr. Zack Sabre Jr. versus Kyle O'Reilly would be fantastic. I love it. They're both mat technicians. They both do great, just insane reversals you've never seen before. I think those guys could easily go 30 minutes and have a chance at stealing this show altogether. And I did it for you. Jay White. IWGP champion versus Hangman Adam Page. Since he is the champion, you got to do it. All right, that's fine. This is a good way for Jay White to get a good win as the champion. Fuck it. My semi-main event, Will Ospreay versus Adam Cole, baby. I think that would be the... I think that's probably the money match for Will Ospreay. That, I, for me, I think that's the best matchup possible i know him and danielson would be great uh if kenny omega decided to make a return that would be great but i think adam cole might be the best opponent 
for Will Ospreay. And fuck everyone else, my main event for the AEW World Heavyweight Championship is goddamn Brian Danielson versus Kazuchika Okada. Fuck everyone else. This is the main event we want. Nobody wants any other match. I'm sorry. This is it. They want Danielson Okada. Why the fuck are we not getting it? Why? I don't know. I uh, I mean, <laughs> it's it's funny because Brian is one of those guys where you can literally throw throw him in there with everyone, anyone from New Japan. It'll be yeah. Pretty much a he dream could match. go out there with Ishii. It would be great. He'd go out there with. Uh, I mean, guys, I don't have a. He'd go out there with Goto. He could go out there with Yuji Nagata. He could wrestle any. He could. I mean, he could wrestle Tiger Mask. It would the the new Tiger Mask, the guy that's doing it now, the guy that was born in 1995. <laughs> like. I mean, I Danielson versus TJP would still make me happy. Like, there's nobody that you could put. Like, I would bet money if they put Danielson with bad luck Fallet, it would be a great freaking match. So, oh hell yeah! <laughs> it was it um, Fale, yeah, bad luck Fallet had just a phenomenal match with uh, Nakamura. Is I mean just incredible match. It like is like nine minutes, but Nakamura got so much out of Bad Luck Valet. Like, oh. yeah, yeah, no, I God, and I wish he was on the table too. My goodness, for can you imagine Forbidden Door with Nak in the mix? Because yes, uh, right, that would that would right. be absent an absolute banger. I just yeah, and it's funny because when I did this card, you know, and before before uh. Before Punk's injury announcement, I just had this, man, I wish he was uh, having this match. So I put this on the side just to have a discussion, but it can't be on this card because Punk's not available. But can you imagine if we finally had Go to Sleep versus Go to Sleep? Yes. Punk yes, versus Kenta. Yes. Yeah, I think that's the number one Punk dream match right now. I yeah. I think that's it for if, you know, this pay-per-view's happening. Now, I, I was looking at New Japan results. I haven't seen Kenta. Is he, what is, you know? <laughs> is I he believe, around? I believe yeah. he's. I believe he's Bullet Club and just you okay, know yeah. running amok. And I, I, you know, I don't watch New Japan. You know, I'm sorry, I don't keep up with it. Uh, yeah, but, not religiously anymore. Yeah, no, not religiously. But you know, I'm gonna rattle through my card real quick. I don't really have an order, but I'm just gonna go. I'll, I'll just put my main event where it should be. Uh, and you know, I'll be honest. I had no idea about uh, a story that kind of has been coming out about one of these guys, but. I'm just going to – it's going to be my one thing that I'm not changing uh, because <coughs> it's been a dream match of mine since about 2016. So I'm just going to leave it, and you're just going to have to put an asterisk next okay. to it. How how many matches do you have so I can make a proper list? I have eight matches. I kind of went by our draft rules. Okay, smart man. <laughs> yeah, so I – mean, I way overbooked my card. I'm over-delivering. I could have had like ten more matches too, by the way. Absolutely. Like, like – I felt like when I when before I actually like really looked at the New Japan roster and what's been going on, I was like, oh, I don't know, like if there's really that many matches. Then I looked at him like, oh, there's like 30 matches because like, can you imagine Shibata versus Darby Allen? Oh my gosh! Yeah. Oh my gosh! Right? <laughs> like, yeah, Darby oh. <laughs> would sell his ass off for Shibata. Oh, okay. Oh. All right, but so. yeah, but oh, but I get the I guess the other dream match for Daniels. Well, go ahead, you do yours. I won't I won't throw that out there. Well, that you. that that'll be good for after after school special talk. Okay, uh, yeah, because all right, my number my I'm gonna say this is my opening match. I got Will Osprey versus Sammy Guevara. I think I think these guys would absolutely just 
tear the house down and throw the forbid throw the forbidden door away permanently. Uh, from there, I did know Orange Cassidy was back, and I think the dream match of dream matches is going to be Orange Cassidy versus Yano, and that's a perfect uh, match number two for me. Let's see. That, that match is certainly a number two. Yes, it'll be the shit. <laughs> Uh, from there, <clears throat> from there, I want to see Eddie Kingston versus uh, Minoru Suzuki, but I want to see it in a New Japan ring with some time. Uh, I think that you know I'm, I can never get tired of seeing that. Now let's see. From there, I'm seeing Tanahashi versus Adam Page. Uh, I, I like I like that match uh, a lot more than I liked Punk versus Tanahashi for some reason. I feel like. If if Adam Page kind of leaned more into the heel whiny cowboy and just wanted to just destroy who they think the ace who they think they yeah. think the ace is, I think that would be good for him because he needs something else. Uh, well, I I feel like Tanahashi's not he's more of an old school wrestler feel to him. Like he feels more like Randy Savage than say an independent worker from the last 20 years like he feels more like a savage than a brian danielson right and so and and hangman kind of to me feels more like a barry windham you know like brian uh why can't i why did i just blank on brian pillman brian pillman like he feels more like an old school kind of got baby face type guy like that not so much in a, a modern day style wrestler so I feel like they're they might be the best matchup. So I, I'm with you on that. I could I could see that being really good, Hangman and uh, Tanahashi. And I feel like Tana would sell in a way to make Adam Page seem like the larger in life heel that we need him to be right now. And I think he's surely missing that from his repertoire to be. Yeah, just a total I I, I agree. Heel. At Adam Page as a babyface is not going to work anymore because they shit the bed on him being a babyface a long time ago. And so I think maybe if I feel like they've been hinting at him being more of an edgy, you know, kind of tweener. I think if he goes full heel, that would be the best move for his career at this point. So it's, I like it. It's really we're, hard. we're on the same page because I had MJF Tanahashi. You're looking to make Hangman a, a, a real heel in this spot. So, yeah, yeah, I think we're on the same page. Yeah, it's difficult, you know, when you're the face that's chasing. He he's a victim of like the face that's chase that's chasing. Once you get your goal, then what? He he yeah. he just if it all fell apart at the then what? You know, his climb well, his climb to Omega was really good, but then the rain the rain just kind of fell apart. Well, yeah, because but I think part of it too is that if you're going to make the switch to have a heel a babyface champion you have to have heels to work with and he really didn't have anybody no you know adam cole came into the company and did orange cassidy and so that took the wind out of his sails right away and so then it's like oh, okay well these guys are feuding i'm like eh. yeah <laughs> but like if miro had rolled right into like pursuing the world title instead of being off tv for the last six months Maybe Miro as a as a badass heel could have helped Paige get over a little bit. If Jericho had been a heel at the time, that would have you know we could have gotten more out of Adam Page than we did, but we just kind of got a ho hum, you know, mediocre. Yeah, yeah, just kind of a mid card champion. From there, I got Tetsuya Naito versus Adam Cole. I figured these guys would be a good personality clash. I think these guys would have great showmanship and have a really good back and forth match. Uh, 
from there, now this is where I had hopes that maybe Joe was just off TV and not injured, but Joe versus Ishii has been something I've talked about at nauseum forever, and that would be my absolute dream match for Joe in New Japan Pro Wrestling. Now, this is where this is where I got a little more creative and like he's on the table and he's like one of those guys that's just, you know, when is he going to come and where is he going to show up and it's he's the talk of the town uh ever since he left uh the big company. But what I did with Okada was Ooh. just was if he came out and you know, he's like we're going to have the forbidden door. I mean, he's speaking Japanese, of course. Maybe yes, he'll have a yeah. translator. We're gonna have the big. Forbidden... This is gonna be. This will be uh, Ghetto or Jado. One. Which one of them is the is Ghetto? Yeah. Well, he, yeah, he betrayed him, but you know, let's just say he's yeah. back with him. Uh, sure. <laughs> yeah. So okay. Okada's like, you know, we're gonna have the big forbidden door, uh, big big forbidden door event, and you're not gonna have Okada on this card. And... Fuck it, Jim Cornette's talking for Okada. Yes. Fuck it. Let's, let's just all the way. Let's just blow the forbidden door away. Yeah. Because <laughs> Okada is the most over guy in New Japan Pro Wrestling. He looks like a star. He's tall as fuck. He's got the best drop kick in the world, motherfucker. And who the hell is gonna wrestle him? Nobody, because he ain't got shit, bitch. And that's right. AEW ain't got shit for Kazuchika Okada. So we get the finally debuting Claudio Castagnoli versus Kazuchika Okada. In an impromptu, only for the crowd. Nobody advertised it. Just we're gonna we're just gonna go balls to the wall yeah. with these two, and it's just gonna be exquisite and beautiful. Yeah, and with, with you. and with that big debut and big moment, there's only one match for me that can follow it. And my goodness, I had no idea that there was a, such a weird story with one of these guys. But I don't care. This is, I have wanted this match since 2016 when I saw the Cruiserweight Classic. And my main event for the Forbidden Door is Brian Danielson versus Kota Ibushi. Yes. So the weirdness and the things going on with Kota Ibushi right now is the reason I left him off because he one hundred percent would have def would be someone to make my card. But it is it is weird. Like yeah. he's with the company, he's not with the company. They're like up in the air about what is actually going on there. So, uh. I, I have no idea. Yeah, what, I don't think what, anybody I, gave him $3 million of hush money, apparently. Ah, <laughs> <sighs> oh, lovely. It was. lovely. So, yeah, that's my so, card. A lot of delusion, a lot of hopefulness. Uh, but, <laughs> yeah, just you, even this was scrambled eggs. It's a lot of better than what we're getting. I, I, I But I don't. That's the thing, though. A lot of times with like these these cross promotion shows, the politics get involved, and this one's even more tricky because we're talking about people coming from a different country and overseas. And one thing that we've learned uh, with COVID and everything that's going on right now that uh, visas and traveling is a little bit awkward right now, a little different. Um, you were planning a trip to Japan, were you not? Oh, that mean that's on the table. I'm def I definitely want to go, but I'm definitely putting that off for a couple years yeah no but i thought you were like close to pulling the trigger right before covid hit and then that put a, just the kibosh on oh very much so i yeah. uh, one of my bucket list trips is going to see wrestle kingdom live and yeah. uh between covid stuff airport stuff and you know what um these shows don't even look that great with the with the rosters yeah. we have so i'm gonna wait for the deck to shuffle a lot because my goodness 
if this Vince McMahon thing goes like worst case scenario and we actually get no more Vince and he can't even be on creative and he's just out of the company forever, what the hell's going to happen next? Because you know that he's like public enemy number one for a lot of people that don't want to go to WWE. So, yes. like, so can you imagine well, like if he's not the final yes anymore, who's going can, to be there and flourish? I can say this. I, if, Stephanie and Triple H are the ones are the successors that end up taking the company over when it's all said if Vince is ousted. Um I I can almost guarantee you that Bruce and Johnny Ace are the first people that are fired. They're gone. Uh Kevin Dunn may be gone in that case as well. Um but I think a lot of these people that left NXT would be back in a heartbeat if Triple H was going to be in charge. And things were going to go the way that they were going in NXT before Vince, like, lost his mind. Um, because, I, you know, it's uh, it's secondhand information coming from me. But I, I have, on pretty good authority, people were very happy with Triple H and the way things were going at NXT until, like, the last year. So... If he's in charge and Stephanie's in charge, and uh, I know that women's wrestling will be taken way more seriously very quickly, and this new let's be sexy movement again will disappear in a heartbeat. This, like, let's do cheesy 90s stereotype gimmicks will be gone in a heartbeat. And, and I really feel like if NXT was the overall direction of the company and we got back to Triple H making people like Asuka and Bobby Roode and Nakamura and uh, 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 Andrade and Alistair Black. Like, he made all these people into, like, ready-made stars. And when they went to the main roster, they got huge reactions from the crowd, and then Vince just buried them. Like, Vince McMahon has been the number one supporter of AEW. <laughs> like, <laughs> he's been actively trying to make AEW a great product. Now AEW has amateur booker and like and no no one can get through to Tony Khan to get him to like settle down and stop being, you know, don't give in to your ADHD. Let's like tell some real long-term stories and do some stuff. Like I think if Triple H and Stephanie end up taking over the company that uh it would be really bad for AEW. Yeah, it would actually be a war, uh, and maybe a war that would actually be interesting because. Well, see, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think it would be a war. I think it would be a war over. Like right now, AEW is like the little engine that could. I mean, because let's be honest, they're doing one third the rating of Raw and SmackDown, so it's not really a war. Now, yes, no. they did better than NXT, the third brand, which they were treating like a developmental and pretended like it was developmental, but. <clears throat> I don't know if you just saw the recent crop of signings for WWE. They just released like 12 people that they just signed. Not one of them is a professional wrestler. Not no. one of them has ever set foot in a wrestling ring. They're all college athletes. So yep. they are not hiring wrestlers right now. But So if Triple H and Stephanie take over, uh, Claudio's out there, Bray Wyatt's out there, Johnny Gargano's out there, Candice LeRae is out there. Uh, not to mention Kota Ibushi, apparently his, we, who knows what's going on with him. Like that would be a game changer. Trim, I mean, it could, oof, 
Yeah, the wrestling business is in a weird place right now, and I think it's going to take off pretty soon because once the shit starts, you know, leveling out, and we start seeing some real back and forth trades, because look how big the Cody Rhodes thing was. You know, we're going to get a lot more of those down the road on both sides. So, well, but to be fair, other than Punk. Which I I'd see, I, we can't even count Punk because Punk was just a free agent that had been around for the last seven years. Tell me the guy that WWE let go that went over and actually made an impact at AEW. Yeah, Has anyone I'm, gone over and like been a top guy, made an impact, or like they just got lost in the shuffle immediately? Yeah, I mean, even even it even happened to Brian. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Brian went over there and he was like the looked like the biggest thing in wrestling for like six weeks. And then they put him in a mid-card tag team. Yep. Yeah. I mean, and it's great that he's working with Regal, and that's fun. It's, you know, heartwarming and all that shit. But it's like, this this dude was making buzz, like, really badly. And then you had Punk there, like, that's what I'm saying. If it was me right now, I would 100% say, this would be the one time where I say, okay, Combat Club, that's cute. Moxley, you're with Yuta. Uh, <laughs> Danielson's the damn champion, and I would I would make him the interim champion and keep him strong until Punk can return, because I'm, that's the biggest match they had. I mean, I mean at this the, at this point, even you want Kenny Omega back right now. Yes, yes, I do. I I would love to see Kenny Omega return at this pay per view. Um, I, I don't know who I I don't know that I'd have him wrestle anybody. What like when I when you first pitched this idea, kind of my my uh, initial thought that would be fun was like, okay, we're just gonna actually blow up the Forbidden Door. We're gonna have the main event, and we're gonna have like ref bump, and then WWE guys are gonna come pouring through the audience and just totally fuck the finish. So there's no finish, and at the end of the day, Roman Reigns is just like. And the Usos just lay everybody out, and they're just standing in the ring over everyone with Paul Heyman, and he cuts a promo. Oh my God, that would be amazing. Yes. So, uh, yeah, just Superman punch all both the Bucks and just yeah. acknowledge me. <laughs> I mean, I, it, to me, it would be super punching like, you know, Daniels. But let's just say, even what we have. Okay, so it's Moxley, Tanahashi. Okay, Superman punches for Moxley and Tanahashi. The Usos are keeping the Bucks out of the ring, and you know here comes Eddie Kingston, and like, and 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 then more WWE guys just start showing up, and it turns into this insane, crazy brawl. And there's security everywhere, and we can't really tell if I mean we know it's a work, but like there's a little bit of that we can't tell whether this scrum is a work or a shoot. Yeah, if we amazing. can go off the air, if we can go off the air with. Uh, Okada, Omega, and Reigns in a three-way face-off. Jesus Christ! Yes, yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, just even Okada versus Reigns would be fantastic. Oh, that would be super fun. I, I think for me, like the well, Orton's hurt, so it can't be Orton. I'd say Okada Orton. It might be my WWE dream match, but mm-hmm. yeah. Dro- as far as battle of the dropkicks, well, yeah. As far as what's big and what would make an impact, then yeah, Roman being on their TV would be the biggest thing you could do. But I, I love your Claud- the Claudio idea. That's fucking great. Yes, Forbidden Door. Someone who's been off the shelf. This would be a great time to debut somebody like that. Oh, God, and just that whole building erupting when Sledgehammer hits. <laughs> 
oh, oh, this this will be a great time for an FTR match, and here come the Kings of Wrestling. Mm. That would be fun. Mm. Oh, that would be fun for this pay-per-view? That would be absolutely uh, fantastic. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, King, Kings of Wrestling, Young Bucks, FTR. Yes. And Red then, Dragon. And, oh. and, and then, like, you know, then we'll then we'll just pivot and do the Okada thing, but then who comes out? Hulk Hogan comes out <laughs> with a bazooka and just not only blows up the forbidden door, but burns down the entire house along with it. <laughs> and cuts the old 80 promo and calls them Japs. That would be... Oh, like, no. Oh, my God. Oh. <laughs> it's an NWO Hogan re- <laughs> Oh gosh, that would be oh. fantastic! The New World oh. Order—he starts trying to too sweet the Good Brothers. Oh, oh man! Oh my God! Yes, would it be, that would be a fun character, like a delusional Hulk Hogan running around as NWO, and he's yeah, he's too sweet in the guys, and they're just running around like propping him up, and like, but he's basically weakened at Bernie's Hogan. So like... yes, just completely on autopilot, just leg dropping the floor, <laughs> or. Forbidden door. <laughs> oh, we have a horseman run in. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> With JJ Dillon pushing Lex Luger down to the ring, and and we got Arn and Tully falling off the stage. <laughs> oh no! See, that's yeah, absolute shit show is what we should have went with this because you know <laughs> that's what we're getting. I mean, well, uh, July thirty first. We haven't talked about that yet. The Ric Flair's last match. Oh, yeah, is it? That's coming. Well, yeah, that's the first thing I said. Bullshit. Yeah. It's not his last. <laughs> no, because when, when I... he finally has his match with the Grim Reaper, he's going to get a few chops in. Oh, for sure. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's going to take a feel <laughs> off the top rope. He's going to do all that shit, which which is funny. Listening to uh, our, 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 uh, our, our, you know, podcasting hero, Connie, talking about it on the fucking, he's like, he's like no rick you don't need to take the toss off the top rope he's like yeah i do it's like no you don't you're 71 you don't need to it's like i've been doing it in practice he's like well don't yeah stop, <laughs> stop it stop <laughs> god you're just giving but, it away as soon as i saw that video with jay letha i'm like yep rick flair's having another match like he's 100 gonna gonna have a match and so now it's happening i don't think anything's been officially announced for that other than it's rick flair's last match but I, I don't care. It, it's Crockett Promotions one one last time. They're going to have the end of, you know, the Crockett Promotions set. They're going to have the ring. I'm re- it's one of those weird things, but I'm really looking forward to it. I think it's going to be amazing. Yeah, it's morbid curiosity for me. You know, I, I oh, definitely yeah. I definitely want to say I just hope I just hope everyone's there in attendance. I hope it's a great crowd. I hope it's going to be well shot. I hope it's going to be worthy of Rick's last match, quote unquote. Um Gosh, you know, I, I, I just uh, in in 2022, getting a card with Ric Flair and the Rock and Roll Express on it. it it's I don't care. It's cute. I'm going to enjoy it. No matter what it is, it's going to be fun. Yeah, yeah, it's good. That's going to be cute. It's going to be fun. But good God, Jeff Hardy, stop wrestling. <laughs> no, I didn't say stop wrestling. Jeff Hardy, <laughs> stop drinking. Get help. Get healthy. And if you want to continue no, wrestling no, after that, stop wrestling. Stop wrestling well, because I mean, you're putting yourself through so much shit that you need to go to the bottle. I mean, he could just learn how to wrestle for the first time in his life, and he'd go out there and do some fucking headlock takedowns. That'd be, that'd be good. I I will say his w his last WWE run was not bad. I mean, they 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 he didn't do the stuff. 
you I mean, mean there were a couple things he did but... yeah yeah running after the 24 7 title was fucking awesome <laughs> <laughs> yeah his career was swan tining then yeah but that's fine he went out there and had wrestling matches and did a swan ton and that was it everyone was did happy he? did he well you know he was he was chasing after our truth that's fine, but I mean, even before that, when they first brought him back, I mean, yeah, he did the the cage match with uh, Randy Orton, and yes. you know, but that's it. They they decided to get like the greatest pop ever by putting a screwdriver in his ear hole. Like <laughs> that was tight. <laughs> yeah, like Jeff Hardy could do that, you know, and not, you don't have to do swantons onto the steel stairs, bro. Like, yes, I'm. I prefer that he doesn't because you know I still think like that's why he was my number ten baby face because he can definitely sell like one and people care about him and that's very hard to do. Uh, so I would definitely use people's care for him and I'm. And it's funny that we're back to Jeff Hardy, but uh, I just want to. <laughs> I just want to put a bow on this. Like, please, please just step away for a while and just get better because you know yeah. wrestling's fun when you're in it. You know, even if we're not the biggest fans. But I think like there's a place for him here. Uh, the crowd loves him to this day, and I hope uh, I hope he gets better. But coming off that negative, you know, downer of a subject, let's pivot to what we're gonna do next week, Cole, because yeah. we had a lot of uh, things that we agreed on today. But we're gonna be doing something a two-parter, a classic here at the Creative Team, where we can either agree the entire time or just completely shit on our beliefs. But luckily, this bracket, and yes, it's a bracket, ladies and gentlemen, this one is going to be something that's right in the heart of me and Cole's fandom. Where it all started for us, we're going to be doing the new generation bracket. Yes, that's right. Everybody on the table from the 90s, everyone, all your faves, all of our faves, and by all of our faves, Bret Hart. Uh... Yeah, I think I'm gonna nar- <laughs> we're going to narrow this all the way down to... Like ninety three to ninety, end of ninety five. So like from January ninety three, where Hulkamania is like on its last legs, it's gone. Hulkster's not with the company. Brett's the champion up till right before the Attitude Era starts. So like just New Generation Era, and we'll, we're going to include um you know some some Japan and and uh, WCW of course. It's not going to just be a WWE bracket because then it would just be Brett and Sean versus, you know, the goon and like a whole bunch of like jobber gimmicks and, and trash men. And but that's the point. Like that, but... That's the point. <laughs> we usually use everybody within the years in our drafts. But like who the fuck like the, who, who claimed they were the next generation other than Vince McMahon? Yeah. Yeah. But I, at the same time that WCW was going through the same thing, too, because that was the era where. The NWA was, like, officially over. It was done. It was gone. The NWA was no longer a part of the company. It wasn't a part of the deal. And they were still trying to make, like, they were trying to find their next big guy as well. So we got Sting and Brian Pillman. We have lots of options for 1994, 93, and 95. So this is going to be fun. Well, I hope hope Mabel is in it. (sighs) Cole. We've been at it for almost an hour. The wrestling biz is on fire. Let's see where next week takes us when we talk about the past and uh, maybe the future and the present will kind of work itself out in the meantime. What do you say? Uh, thank you, fuck you, bye. No, that's a different show. That's, oh, not, that's like No, that's a good show. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> 
So for Ron Kilborn, I am your host, Cole Dawson, saying thank you, we love you, and good night. Thanks for listening. Find us on Instagram and Twitter at Creative Team Pod or just the Creative Team on Facebook. Follow Cole Dawson on Twitter and Instagram at Cole2130 and follow yours truly at Ron underscore Kilborn. We'll see you next week on another episode of The Creative Team.